This is episode one of the Guide to Growing Up podcast. This is your host, Justin Lee. So thanks for tuning in. Today, we've got two guys on. These are my close friends. Uh, I've known them for about two to three years, and um, this is the first ever podcast, so it's definitely uh, a learning process. bit of background of these guys. Met them in and around the gym. Uh, I've known them for, like I said, around two to three years, and... Uh, they work part-time in the bars, they're starting up a coaching business, and they're both in school, so definitely some definitely some hard workers, and uh, past past year or so, they've helped me break through uh, my personal like training plateaus and strength plateaus, so yeah, a lot of respect for these guys, and uh, definitely good to have them on the show. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, Welcome, Dan, and welcome, Jack. Awesome. Thanks for having us, Justin. Thank you for having us. No problem. So I had a couple of topics in mind coming into this. Um, and uh, but, but before we do that, um, I guess we're just going to do a quick background. So if you guys wanted to just quickly uh, talk about a bit of your background, kind of your uh, your history uh, going into like training and just lifting, uh, or just whatever else you think would be relevant. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm Daniel Spear too. Um, I've been lifting for, I think, about eight years now. Yeah, we're coming up March, so about eight years. Um, I started Olympic lifting when I was 13. Before then, I just kind of messed around with dumbbells um, that my parents had, just doing bicep curls and whatnot. But I was always kind of into lifting. Um, <laughs> and uh, I just decided to like, get a little bit stronger to support other sports. At the time, I was doing kickboxing and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, so I took up Olympic weightlifting uh, just because a few people recommended to me at this um, center that I was going to. is called Variety Village out in uh, Scarborough, Toronto. Um so I did that for about three years. Um, I competed for two of those, probably doing about five to seven competitions that I competed in. Um, so I did that for, yeah, into high school. I decided to stop um, just because school is kind of getting tough. I was getting ready to go to university and uh, I just kind of want to explore different things. From there, I kind of got into more of the health, fitness, general kind of scheme, um, powerlifting too, as well as... Uh, in these later years, I'll actually be doing more physique stuff, kind of bodybuilding. Um, and yeah, it's been uh, quite the journey. Jackson? Yeah, I'm a very similar background to Daniel because like, we met in like middle school uh, originally. And like I wasn't super into any sport, really. Um, and we started going, my family started going to a gym in Toronto. And I didn't really know what I was doing. I had no real experience doing anything. So like, I sort of did a little bit of weightlifting, not Olympic lifting, just throwing, just throwing weights around and doing a lot of running on a treadmill, stuff like that. But sort of in between sort of, I think, grade uh, sort of 10 and 11, I really found powerlifting. And that was a sport I sort of had some basic skill at to start with already. So I, I sort of fell in love with that sport. It was the only sport I ever found that I was actually pretty good at. And I sort of haven't been looking back. And I think I'm pretty similar with about eight years of doing it now. Mm. Uh, something in that area. Maybe six now. Um, and yeah, it sort of brought me through my time at college at St. Lawrence. And uh, still still loving it. Mm. All Lift, right. Lifting big weight. Nice, nice. Yeah, I mean, you guys have definitely like known each other for for a while now, right? Since you said middle school? Since Grade we were six, probably, I guess. Probably about... We were eleven when we met, like yeah. ten years. We now. weren't. We weren't anything like. We weren't super close friends. Like we had a lot of friends through friends at that point in time. Yeah. We started really hanging out more in the sort of the last two, three years of high school. 
And then like, the yeah. university, we got a lot closer. Okay. Or college for me and Queens for Daniel. Right. Good. Right. I don't think Jackson liked me very much. No, we, we, we had a little bit of an interesting start to our friendship. <laughs> yeah. That was not very positive, but it, it's it's a lot better now. You care to share uh, what happened in the beginning? Um, You're fine what? with swearing on your podcast? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then you can, Dale, you can go into this one. Well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cuss too much, but uh, I think we first met in grade six through our mutual friend uh, Raymond Chang. Um, Who's a bitch? <laughs> no holding you back. Uh, but yeah, I remember the first time meeting Jackson. I think he said something to me. I said something to him that wasn't too nice, and then uh, didn't talk to him for another two years. Yeah, it was one of those sort of headbutt at the first start of a relationship. Yeah. So we just sort of left each other alone till high school, and sort of. Yeah. I think through school and just sort of knowing each other more and probably a little bit of partying, we got to be better friends. Yeah, grade eight is when we were in the same class. And then high school, we had classes together. Yeah, classes together until grade 10. I think we really started becoming friends probably about like grade 10, 11 or so. Yeah. We really found like our close friend group that we still hang out with today. Cause, so. Yeah, because Raymond started Olympic lifting with you. Yeah, so he's good at it too. And yeah, he, he, just, never, he never stopped. He stopped doing it because he's a little <laughs> bitch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I think that's sort of where we started actually sort of hanging out more because like we would go to the gym together. Yeah, no, where I Raymond would sit there every and do nothing. Yeah, grade eleven, grade twelve, every Friday night we'd go to Good Life. Yeah, the Good Life at Pape in, in Toronto, and just get there from like at nine at night to like t- uh, twelve at night. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so it started off okay. Like it started off a bit rocky, but you kind of kind of smoothed it out after a little while, and uh, yeah, now, we found now a common passion. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, like it's definitely. Definitely, uh, I've I've heard a lot of like other guys who kind of had similar startings into the gym, and I think I'm similar in that way. It's like you start off just just messing around, and then you realize like, hey, mm. there's it's actually something to it. And yeah, well, since this is, this is your first podcast, why don't you just go over what you've done? Sure, yourself? sure, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> in terms of uh, fitness, um, I was pretty similar to you guys. I uh, I. I had um, a gym at my high school, and I think going into grade eight, nine area, still a fat little kid. And uh, <laughs> everybody, yeah, had well, their welcome fitties. to the fucking club. Yeah, you actually yeah. lost a lot. Of, you were pretty heavy coming into grade nine, grade ten. Yeah, and you lost like. Oh, I remember a ton that. Yeah, yeah, I remember seeing some pictures. Yeah. You showed me that. In, in like the start of high school, I was a big kid, and I just like I never found a sport I was really into. And I remember like that's where I think Dan and I really started to know each other a little bit better was. In grade nine, our our school was not super big, and there was a school nearby that was very sketchy and was for a lot of kids that had a lot of issues. And we both teamed up and did a football team between both schools. That was an experience. And, and we were in grade nine. nine. Was... And I was a big kid, but I had no idea how to use my mass at all. So out of our school, we were the only ones beside grade 12 kids that were on this varsity football team. Oh, I was so right. small. I was getting so, ragdolled. And, yeah. And like, <laughs> Things have changed, and, man. <laughs> and kids were like threatening me because like, it was like old gang members and shit like that. So it was it was not a fun experience at all. And I was a fat little kid, but when I first started going to the gym, I was just like a big, big marathon runner, or not. I never ran a marathon, but like I, every day I would run like ten kilometers on a treadmill. That's yeah. all I did. I did not eat. Very debatably, I was probably anorexic without without knowing it. Yeah, not healthy. <laughs> no, like I was probably around the same height I am now, like or a little bit shorter, like five ten, five eleven. I think at my lowest I was like one thirty five. Okay. Like yeah. I was a thin little guy that had no muscle and no no fat on him at that point. That was Interesting. a shocking transformation for yeah. a lot and of Now school. for people that don't that. know me, it's like at one point in I guess third year and fourth year, sort of fourth year now, I was upwards of like three hundred and five pounds and now sort of like two eighty five. Okay. So I've almost doubled my body weight in four years. Right. Yeah, I mean 
we'll have it in the description of the podcast, but we'll have the links to uh, your guys's Instagram and where, <laughs> where people can reach you if they, if they wanted to uh, reach out with like extra questions or had any inquiries for coaching. I think that would be, uh, that'd be appropriate. Like, I mean, I hope people listening to this, uh, you know, they're, if they have like similar mindsets or similar goals, like they could definitely reach out to you guys. Uh, I know the currently like the student, like the not students, but you're the athletes that you've been coaching so far. I've seen like really, really good success, mm-hmm. honestly, like, um, and they've, they've had nothing but good things to say about you guys. So, um, yeah, we'll have that in the description. Um, but yeah, man, I, I was definitely like, um, fatter kid. I was always like self-conscious of, of, uh, how I looked and, um, started going to the gym just for fun and uh started going with my dad to to go running because he used to run a lot and um after a while i looked in the mirror and I, and i was like man uh, there there's a bit of a difference like I, I could see um starting to change and i i never thought that would be possible because i always thought like i'm just yeah i'm just a chubby kid and kind of stay like that and mm-hmm. i think a lot of people still struggle to with that to this day they think like oh like this is just my body like i need to learn to accept that and be okay with it and yeah i mean it is it's okay of course but they they don't realize uh the extent that they can actually change their body um if they wanted to so yeah Yeah. that's kind of a bit about my background that was uh similar for me i was kind of like a little bit fluffier i just had the baby weight on until i started olympic lifting and then once i started doing that i just leaned out into a twig and i i shot up in growth too like i i probably gained like over half a foot and yeah you you really grew absolutely thinned out so i mean like yeah starting weightlifting just before high school like really big change i guess yeah and i i'm never one for I guess quotation marks like fat shaming someone because everyone has their own shit going on. But I can, I definitely understand that. And that's sort of my background too. Just like even now I'm nothing, there's, there's definitely no abs on me right now and hasn't been for a long time. Just, I think with powerlifting, it's not something you need. And when you start really thinking about it, like you you start going down like a black hole of just like, I need to get stronger. I need to get stronger at sort of all costs. And the issue with that is sort of you start th- forgetting about your own health and just the effects that you're doing to your body over a long term. So there's a fine line you have to sort of live with and mm-hmm. sort of understand how to deal with it. Yeah, I mean, uh, with all the meets that we've been to and you look at some of these guys competing and you question like, man, they're definitely they're definitely not that healthy. Like, No. So I, I definitely understand that part. And I mean, even, um, I don't know if you've, you guys have seen uh, Larry Wheels, his... Uh, his diet for trying to break the, I think the world record for, I forget which weight class it was. He's doing the 308 and sleeve world record. He's trying to get from Eric Lillibridge. Yeah, from Eric. And he's eating like 12,000 calories a day. Yeah, it's nuts. It's nuts. He's not, like, he's not super tall of a guy. Like, Larry Wills is a strong guy. No one will ever argue that in the world. But I think he's only like 6'1", or maybe 6'2", and trying to be 300 pounds. And a guy who has done it in his life and sort of living that lifestyle, it's difficult like your your job sort of becomes eating and eating healthy doing that is even harder to think about yeah. because that's a lot of calories every day especially healthy ones and eating like proper vegetables and actually healthy carbs it's a lot it's a lot of volume. and that's you why can't get in pd start becoming a big play in that area for sure for yeah. them 
Yeah, so I mean, he he even mentioned like as a strong disclaimer in the video, like this is not a healthy diet. This is not healthy like practice. No. Um, he's only doing it for a temporary uh, attempt at the world record. So mm. yeah, and well, Eddie Eddie Hall was super similar he, to that. Oh my god! Yeah, he, he, was, was, he was very open about it, being like, "What yeah. I'm doing is not healthy. I am taking maybe upwards of decades off my life to do it, but fuck it, I'm going to do it." Yeah, yeah. Well, and the minute he was done, he. He thinned down. Well, he did still, what he achieved. Big. That's what he wanted to win WSM, it's, and it's he exactly. went out, did it all costs. So like yeah, a lot he, of respect he got to him. the 500 I mean, kilo deadlift. He got the world's strongest man. Yeah, he backed I mean, off. He did what he said. Yeah, Sometimes yes. You know, Which yeah. is you I can't saw, you can't hate on him for doing that. I saw when he won that he literally said to the camera like, um, "I'm I'm gonna be a husband again. I'm gonna be a dad again." Like yeah. he he said like this is all I wanted, and I'm gonna be back to back to being me. Which is yeah, mm-hmm. just crazy to hear but and like props on his wife for like actually backing him for doing that oh yeah because like yeah. knowing that he is doing something that is taking years off his life and i think in strongman they don't really talk about it but like the amount of eating they do and being that big the amount of performance enhancing drugs they're obviously on as well to do that because that sport really doesn't talk about it as much allegedly yeah yeah allegedly <laughs> exactly allegedly. <laughs> and i think that's one thing about uh larry wheels that i really like is the fact he's that open. he's open, he's very, yeah, which he is, is one thing that I am uh, a very big fan of. I don't like guys that are definitely on it and choose not to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if sure people just don't even think like even talk about it, that's fine. But guys that uh, deny doing it that are obviously on it, that's sort of a scumbag move in my opinion. Right. Right. Yeah. But I mean, everyone has their own background. I guess it's your own choice. Yeah. I think. Yeah. We were talking about this today, even just in the gym a few hours ago. I mean, like it's. It is your own choice at the end of the day. I don't condone doing anything legal, obviously, but like it's you have to weigh the risk and the benefits um, of doing something like that yourself. I mean, it is a personal decision. And if you think that you're going to benefit from more from it, then you're it's going to harm you. Then obviously, like, sure, you might choose to do it. Um, but for some other people, it might be a different situation. Right. So, yeah. And I, I was just telling this to Justin uh, and I was I was talking to this about Daniel um, and I'm not going to deny anything about this at this point because I have this week I handed in my natty card. I am now on performance enhancing drugs at this point, and it's not. I'm not ever going to deny it at this point again. But I'm not going to be also the guy that uh, I don't want to be super open about it to like everyone in my life, especially like my parents stuff like that. But to people that I actually know and train with me, I'm not going to be the one that says, "Oh, how did you lose 50 pounds and added 300 pounds to your total?" Mm. I'm going to be open about that. Yeah, that is why. Yeah. That's why it happened. I think right. That kind of ties into the industry as well. Like just the mentality of it is just, you see a lot of these guys who are extremely jacked, just absolutely shredded out of their minds. And like some of these guys, you cannot attain their states naturally. And like, even genetically, like they probably are absolute beasts, but like they're just having those substances to push them to the edge. And then it kind of like, if you're denying that, you know, I'm not unnatural and like somebody sees you and think, okay, I can attain this. They're just going to beat themselves down. About it. Yeah. And I think that Which, sort of starts playing with like, like you're actually genetic potential. Yeah. Cause the, the guys that like the best in the world, they're obviously gifted or ready to start with it. Mm-hmm. And I know like no, um, sure, yeah. guys like, like the owner of uh, lead FTS, like Dave Tate, who is like an ex West side lifter guy. Mm-hmm. He always talks about uh, like gear or steroids as like your ACE card. Like you have to put in decades of work and you have to be, the top 1% of gifted athletes to get there anyways. But that's just the final thing you need to get to the top, top, mm. which I, I get. And I, I understand. Yeah. I mean, realistically, like no matter how genetically gifted you are, if somebody 
has the same level of genetics as you do and they're on steroids like they're probably gonna win the competition i mean yeah that's just the na- that's the nature of the that's beast. the way it is i mean and like the the really shitty thing about the fitness industry is it's like kind of that weird black sheep in the closet that no one ever talks about but mm-hmm. everyone does like a lot of people that have large contracts with like big name brand companies, <laughs> supplements, yeah. <laughs> supplement companies or clothing companies or like, like accessory equipment companies, like uh, probably in their contracts, it, it's very clear that they cannot talk about it for a reason because no. it makes their company in their opinion, look bad. Yeah. It wasn't, which is, is so stupid when you think of it. Yeah, it wasn't the trend balloon that made me jacked. It was the, uh, yeah, the it, special it, it, or the blend knee, of green tea and, and the knee wraps I use stuff like that. Yeah, where it's like, no. no, it's not that at all. Yeah, I I mean this is this even spans out to more than just like powerlifting strongman. It it goes out to like fitness models even. Like mm. all mm-hmm. kinds of people are taking like performance enhancing drugs and to to achieve whatever their goals are. And honestly, it's pretty crazy how like when a, just a normal person sees like Yeah, and they're none the wiser either. Like yeah, they, they don't like, know oh, man, that like, you're natural. I mean, I was talking to a few of my housemates and they were thinking that Larry Wheels is natural, even though he's obviously yeah. he's admitted to taking yeah that's he's know, talked about enhancing drugs. Yeah. I, but it's just like like he's open about it, and people still don't know. I mean, like, could you imagine the amount of people that aren't he, open about it and they think are still natural? I mean, yeah, it's, it's just I also, kind of. I, I think it's also sort of really crappy with younger, like, sort of teenagers and young young adults absolutely. that don't have any knowledge of this yeah. industry, really, like, yeah. or, or just starting their fitness journey or like finding, like, say, powerlifting or Olympic lifting. And are looking up to these guys like yeah, even myself. The, do you know how long I thought Arnold was natural? <laughs> yeah, it's stuff like that where we don't. It's not talked about in our society, and when it is talked about, it is such a negative thing, which is so unfortunate because it is your personal choice to do it. And mm-hmm. guys like Arnold or top level Olympic lifters or powerlifters, like they're doing impressive things either way. It's just it's part of the the nature of the beast now. We have to live with it. Yeah, well, and it's unfortunate how kids don't know that. The thing, yeah, the thing is, like, uh, so many people, and and me included, when I was growing up, you would go on social media, on YouTube, Instagram, and you'd see these, these guys. When you search up like, how how to lift, how to get big, like how to get fit, how to get good in the gym, you see these guys with just like mind blowing physiques, um, or just like incredible amounts of strength, and and you're like, man, okay, well, okay, well, uh, in order to me, in order for me to get there, I. I need to do what he's doing. I need to mm-hmm. I need to follow him. Like whatever he tells me to do, like I should be doing that. Oh, he's selling this program. Man, I think I should get it. I think I should like follow what they're doing. Yeah, and you that know? that really fits well with sort of the sort of the crappy thing about younger adults and kids not understanding what they're on cuz like Larry Wheels on always on his Instagram posts is always promoting his programs that are like $25 for this 12-week program and in theory you'll be like me. Without yeah. really knowing the truth, because these yeah. kids are like, oh, this is the way to get strong. But that's that, not the only thing at play here. That's still not to say that you can't, you know, still achieve some amazing results yeah. not doing these things. I mean, like, physique and strength-wise, like, yeah, I for sure. Because I, I did hand in. I started taking testosterone this week, uh, but before I did that, and like, we can talk about our numbers really, because we've all, like, for our body weights, we've all hit stuff that's impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, like my three best is, uh, and by far my squat is my best movement. Is I have a, like a mid six fifty squat, uh, three fifteen bench, and a five forty deadlift. And like I know Daniel, you have some big numbers too. Uh, at your prime. Yeah, I'm in my prime. I'm a broken shell of a man now. Um, 
but my all-time high bar and low bar squat are the same at 545. I front squatted 455, um, deadlifted, I think about six uh, sumo. Yeah, you did a beltless. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and then my bench press all-time was 345. I was able to do 315 for four. Um, that's pretty recently, actually. That's one of the things I've been focusing on a lot. Yeah, your upper body strength. Um, but yeah. yeah. So, and like Justin, for your body weight, you have big numbers too, man. Yeah, I mean, I I haven't, I definitely have not been as serious as you guys. Like, um, it's it's been pretty obvious. I mean, mm-hmm. like my my background has just been lifting in the gym, and I mean, even though like, and I've felt this pressure. Like, even though I am one of the co-presidents for the powerlifting club at Queens. I feel this pressure that I need to be like at a certain level. I need to, I need to like be at certain strength level uh, to live up to that name. And I mean, I guess recently I've just realized like just having that position, it it doesn't really like require, or I'm not obliged to like have uh, like a certain amount of strength. uh, Just, yeah. Well, I think that, I mean, being QPOP present, like you don't need to just be, the biggest guy in the gym that lifts the most i mean you have to be knowledgeable you have to know kind of how to help people i mean that's like really what we're trying to we were trying to do when i was on cupow um, yeah as well that's actually how i met justin yeah and being passionate ago. about yeah. just lifting weights is it's 90 percent exactly. of the game like you just want to like it and i think for all of knowledgeable. us knowledgeable yeah, yeah being knowledgeable about the topic as well is big and also just i think for all of us i like going to the gym because for me it's sort of the biggest uh, aspect of my social life Okay. Because like I go to the gym mm-hmm. for lifting weights, but I'm also there to chat with my friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've met a ton of people in the gym. I mean. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like loads. Just over loads. The years. On, on a regular weekday, there's probably, you know, at least four or five of us that are all same time. Yeah. Power. Anytime lifters. you walk in, you're gonna expect somebody. Yeah. Like that I don't, you know to be there. I, yeah. I don't have to text like six guys to come there to spot me. I know nope. usually there's probably guys there that will happily spot me and know how to do it properly or like know how to like no training practices and know how to do it properly which, yeah. is, which is great and that's sort of why i love doing it so much yeah well that's one thing that's been pretty good at queens as well i mean about what four years ago before we even started qpow i just remember being like the only guy doing olympic lifting inside the gym the only guy well not one of the, the only guy but like i didn't see anybody else really powerlifting when i was there and since in that time like it's really yeah blown up quite a bit i mean in the past few years we, I think you and I, because you've started like powerlifting like the last like high, your university career, right, Justin? Yeah, that's correct. And we, you and I, have been in for a little bit longer for strength sports, like for the like, I think, like yeah, powerlifting was kind of years. more of a like what grade twelve or so when we started going to Forest Fitness. Yeah, so that I was think when it really started. But I think you and I have just been in strength sports a little bit longer, and I think we've had a really uh, awesome opportunity to see the sport growing the way it has because it is very true. Like when we first started going to. You were at Variety Village, like Olympic mm-hmm. weightlifting. But then when, when we started going to like Good Life Fitness and like going when you were starting at Queens, there wasn't there was no one doing it. And now it's every day you go into that gym, you're expecting to see like knee sleeve weightlifting belts. It is a huge yeah. sport now, and the the sport is growing in in ways that it's never expected. Because like when we first started, the biggest meets of the year, which were like had the the guys that were squatting thousands of pounds and stuff like that, they were giving up prize money of three thousand dollars or maybe massive five thousand dollars whereas now it's upwards of like you know salary money of like 80 grand a year mm-hmm. which is amazing to see yeah and it's, it's, it's only been growing since only been yeah especially and with like natural competitions like the ipf because yeah. that's where a lot of people are learning that oh i can do this sport naturally and i think in this area it's kind of funny to see like our girlfriends talking about like weightlifting and like females talking about it because they do think 
and this is what a lot of people say is like, I don't want to look like a powerlifter. Yeah. Whereas they don't know you can still have a great body and not look like a scary testosterone filled <laughs> female. Yeah. And do it. I think that's where drug testing and drug free sport is. Yeah. Great. Well, that, that, that's what I've uh, really noticed. It's like, I've been to a, like a good amount of meets now and even like watch them online. And man, like you see all kinds of people in this sport, which is like so yeah. cool. Like people from all walks of life, all forms of like, all like body types, all ages, um, and you know everyone's just united through this one this one sport. So that's it's always cool to see like someone you never expected, uh, you know, in a singlet like heading up to the platform. You know, yeah, yeah. it's definitely diversified. I mean, like, I think that right now we're we're kind of like surprised at the way it's going, but I think that pretty soon that's just gonna become the norm. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, when you think about it, like the past few decades of powerlifting, you just think of this giant gear monster that weighs like. 400 pounds just trying to yeah i think scream in the gym the, and now like you don't really picture that in your head as much i mean no and it's kind of weird for us to think about it uh that uh raw powerlifting which was like kind of started with the ipf so like the drug tested federation their first raw drug tested meat was nine years ago that's which is not, hilarious, not that long which is hilarious to think all, whereas yeah. the sport has been around since i think like sort of 1960s, 1970s, where oh, whatever it, it, the first person did a squat yeah, was. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was raw back then. Yeah. But the minute that that sport started, they started talking about like singlets that had like you know Kevlar built into them. Yeah, and that's where multiply and single ply started. But it's now funny to see that those they're not dead per se, but it is no one mm-hmm. is doing it in the same way. Like you would never go to a commercial gym and see someone walk in with a bench shirt. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a thing of the past. I think the IPF's done a really good job at kind of standardizing things, like and making it more of an approachable sport to everybody for sure it's it's brought in the natural the, the people that just want to do it for fun mm-hmm. whereas the federations i do because till as i said a few times now i till last week i was natural <laughs> but i chose to compete with guys that were on steroids or whatever they were on i chose to compete with the non-drug tested guys mm-hmm. because i always enjoyed it more because there was less sort of i always liked using squat bars i always preferred to use wraps over yeah. sleeves which Different is something rules. you can't do in the ipf i do think I don't agree 100% with all the different rules, like no using a monolith inside the IPF. Um, yeah. But I still do appreciate like what they've done and where they're going. And I respect all forms of lifting. Like, sure, someone squatting 500 kilos in a monolith with wraps is impressive, but I'd almost argue that Ray Williams squatting 1,080 walked out in sleeves <laughs> is 10 times more impressive. Yeah, is, J- just for, yeah. for some context, like IPF stands for the International Powerlifting Federation. It's like one of the most well-known federations um for um just like it's it's tested it's the biggest one in the world yeah it's the biggest federation for powerlifting meets and they so basically they sanction meets throughout like for example in canada they sanction different meets uh and so once you compete and you uh qualify for at different levels then uh you can eventually make your way to ipf worlds um i I think that's the, the progression you take yeah. Um, I mean, like, f- for example, Jordan, the other co-president for QPOW, the powerlifting club at Queens. The, the king of the arc. He's <laughs> he's going to nationals on Wednesday. And so he's flying out. For anyone that knows him, and I was talking, we were talking, uh, Dale and I and Dale's girlfriend went to Jack's earlier this week, like Jack Astor's uh, in, in Kingston. And his uh, his coach is also one of the managers there. And we were talking to him. And we, we didn't know he was, because Jordan's been a 105 lifter, mm-hmm. right? Yep. He's 120 now. 
and no one no one knew that. Really? Okay. Yeah, he's one twenty now, uh, and he was keeping that in the dark a little bit with everyone to not tell them. I wonder why. Uh, he's secretive. Yeah, Aaron is very quiet with Jordan's training on purpose, so most people don't know what the numbers are going into the meet. Okay, because one twenty is more competitive. But and I love I love Jordan to death. He is just a gifted athlete, and he's a hard worker. Like whenever he's in there, he is just there. Grinding oh yeah, he's out dialed. He's, he's dialed. Like, that's why seeing him train always motivates everyone. I think in the gym. But I think he has a really strong chance of getting to worlds this year. Yeah. Like I don't think he has a lot of uh, competition because I think he's going to pull out like he can. Sw- I think he can deadlift now like 765 or something like that so getting near an 800 pound deadlift on a stiff bar and drug tested it's impressive as all hell yeah yeah so i think he's going to be coming to worlds this year which will be great to see for canada Mm -hmm. yeah that'd be so crazy uh, to see with domi fasheranti yeah domi is his one competition different weight class though yeah Yeah. kingston has had some strong guys yeah we have surprisingly had a lot of strong guys for canada Mm-hmm. This, that one gym has brought some strong guys through it for some yeah. reason. Yeah. I don't know why. But it's kind of disappointing. I mean, because like our potential as a club, um, sorry, as a university, uh, is really limited because, I mean, QPOW just, you know. Yeah, we've had, we've had a lot of trouble with just um, the athletics and recreation side and just liabilities as a club. I mean, yeah. it, I mean, I don't it is get, what it is, but it, yeah. it I don't want to get too political. But, I mean, like we do have some amazing potential at the school. And, it, like, honestly, yeah, this you, community is absolutely blown up. And there are other universities that have powerlifting teams. And I think it would be nice if we could, you know, demonstrate our athletes on the same stage that other universities do as well. Yeah. So. You, none of you guys want to – because you both are uh, Queen's University students yep. in your fourth years. And I don't think either of you want to shit talk Queen's because you've both enjoyed your time here, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And but it is kind of funny looking at it um, at a way of like I know Carlton for years has had a team that gets they they're in their gym there they get actual proper equipment like they get IPF level equipment okay. which is very surprising yeah and they're actually like an actual sponsored team that gets money for it yeah but it's funny how you guys were just sort of shut down right away well, and even at the college even, level not even the money and the equipment just. The just recognition is, I think, like to be able to represent the say school you're an actual team is on big. a stage. Yeah, is yeah, like yeah. Something that we really were driving for for the past two years when I was on QPOW. And, um, and just, we're still doing that. We're yeah. still driving for that. I, I just know, for context, know, yeah. I'm, I'm not on QPOW anymore. I was for two years um, when we first started the club, and uh, I just decided to leave. Um, yeah, mostly because I just kind of want to focus on other things. Yeah, like your life is going yeah, to the university. And just is busy. Starting this whole coaching stuff that me and you've been doing for the past year or so yeah that's been a whole mm-hmm. different uh massive amount of time to do it properly yeah. and try to figure out all the little bit of the 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 gaps in the way of doing it properly yeah. and setting stuff up for athletes and making sure they're progressing properly it's mm-hmm. it's stressful for sure yeah, yeah. but it also is true because i remember in um i'm in fourth year now at st lawrence college i think it would have been i get end of first year starting in second year I, with a group of guys, tried to do the same thing, like start a club, not a team or anything like that, just a club yeah, for powerlifting at St. Lawrence. Saying that, yeah. And it was the same thing where it was a sport that a lot of people that are not, I'm not saying they're not athletic, but not involved in the gym as much as we are, they don't know what it is. And it really sort of, it kind of killed us because they were just like, no to us right away without really? really knowing about it. Yeah. Which was frustrating because it wasn't like for us to go to the St. Lawrence gym and we're doing meets there or something like that. It's just mm-hmm. they were just not interested in it as a club for our school. They didn't think it was going to get any popularity. They didn't want to give us any level of money to do it or anything like that, which was kind of frustrating. Yeah. But, but there it is. I think that, like, just the way that powerlifting in general is going, I think that's going to receive a lot more recognition. And, like, I am hopeful for the future that this club would be ratified. I just personally, I didn't see it. 
um, becoming ratified um, as an athletics uh, team within your time within here. within my time at Queen's yeah. University. Um, I definitely feel that. I mean, so we we do have one job I think as senior students, and the biggest thing we can do with the first and second years that are coming in and already have a sort of a, a little bit of a passion or background in powerlifting is keeping that going. Yeah, that's the only way that's that, that's survive. what I was going to lead. That, that's what I was going to lead to is like. The amount of talent that we have coming in is is insane. Like maybe I didn't know about it before, but we've got guys like we got one of the guys. Uh, his name's Cole. He went to uh, Worlds in Sweden for yeah. sub juniors. We've got guys who came first in BC juniors. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, James, we yeah, got have some crazy that's the, that's strong the, young that's guys. That's the tall now. guy, right? No, he's not even that tall. Well, there's a there's a guy that Josh always talks to at the arc. I'm not sure his name exactly. He's a really nice guy, and he's a first year. Yeah. And I think he just did a meet. And he's also coached by Jordan, same coach Aaron. And in first year, at some point, he squatted five hundred. Okay, at like mm-hmm. an RP of eight. But like when you and I, and he's about our size at first oh, year. Oh, I think I know who yeah. you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly his name. I haven't talked to him that much. But like even when we were in first year, I wasn't squatting five hundred pounds. Is he no, a red I hair? Think, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he's a yeah, ginger, he's yeah. like he's ginger Andrew. blonde. Andrew. Andrew, yeah, yeah. He competed at Western. Yeah, and it's like, but like in, in first year, none of us were doing that. Now, like the no, numbers are getting no. so much more competitive. It's insane. It's, it's impressive yeah. how like yeah, just seeing other people do it, they think they're able to do it now, which is amazing for the sport. It's growing in ways it's, it hasn't ever done before. Yeah, yeah. I even mean, just beyond the involvement, I mean, like the numbers, yeah, like you said, are definitely getting higher. Like we're definitely seeing a lot more talent coming in. Um, that's not to say that like the guys that we've had so far aren't good. I mean, it's just like. It's becoming a lot more competitive of a field, yeah, here the, at least. The, I mean, the pool is getting more, is getting a lot bigger, mm-hmm. and I think that's even also with. I think powerlifting has been for a long time. A lot of people think of it as a male-driven sport. Yeah, it's which not, to be yeah, fair, no. for a long time it was like it was. Mm-hmm. If you think of it, it was guys in meets, and for a lot of meets, it is still a, a lot yeah. of guys. But I think in the last few years, it's really been shown for the female growth. Yeah. There's a lot of females have been getting in and doing amazing things, like seeing girls now at the top of the level, like squatting 600 pounds, which is mm-hmm. just unbelievable when you think of it yeah. now. Whereas yeah. years ago, it's it was not even a, it was a pipe dream to think yeah. about. Now it's actually a reality. Well, actually, I haven't told you this, um, but one of our family friends, uh, her name is Alyssa. She actually, um, I think she's inside of her 40s, maybe 50s now. She actually started competing in powerlifting um, in the middle of her, you know, life, like midlife. Yeah. Um, I think she made it to like the world stage for as a powerlifter, which I mean, really shows the growth of powerlifting as a sport. And with that, I mean, that's just how the, like the evolution of the sport progresses. You're gonna see people that are getting better and better. I mean, and I think that's sort of when I first sort of said to my parents in high school, I was I had sort of an idea, and I think this was sort of end of grade eleven. I did my first powerlifting meet, and I think I have. I'm not even sure anymore. I think I have six or seven meets under my belt now, which I think is a lot for most people. Yeah, at I'm at solid zero right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but when I first started, my mom really was kind of against it right away. Okay. Because she just didn't, she really had no idea what it was. I, and I think every mom has the same sort of idea of it's not good for your health type of thing. Okay. Was that like the, <laughs> big, was that the biggest limitation? I, I think it was the biggest idea was it's not healthy. Like you, okay. can, you can get injured doing something, which yeah. is totally fair. Like yeah. I, we, Daniel and I both as have been doing this mm. for so long several injuries i've luckily had nothing like crazy serious no but um, you've uh but i've definitely a few pec tears in there a hamstring tear uh, in there yeah micro tears two, but still serious yeah, enough two minor pec tears um one was just because i didn't heal it right and then i had a hamstring tear 
a few months ago and that's kind yeah, of the middle that was recent like yeah. Uh, yeah. i was there for that and it wasn't pretty one. and like nope. i think that's my mom's biggest issue and i think also she had some knowledge about that like sort of olympic lifting and strength sports being sort of uh, ri- uh sort of full of steroid users okay and i think yeah. that was a fear of hers at that point in time right which yeah. i guess has Realized. debatably become a reality <laughs> that she great. does not does not know about <laughs> at this point in time yeah yeah um but i think that was sort of her biggest fear at the time and i think what I did with her, and I think it was sort of a cool idea for me, and I, I didn't know how she would take it. It was kind of cool, was uh, Canadian Powerlifting Union, which is the CPU, which is a subset of the IPF, which is like, you know, the Drug Tested Federation. Yep. They have on their sort of, on their YouTube channel, a sort of a great video about sort of their sport. And it involves guys like Kelly Branton, like their top lifters that are like Ray Williams, or guys that are like 83 kilo guys. And they had women in there that were in their 60s doing it. I think that really showed her the sport is for everyone. Yeah. It's not for just roided out guys that are trying to squat a thousand pounds. Yeah. It's for yeah. everyone. It's changing and it's definitely becoming yeah. a lot more destigmatized as well at that. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Guys are guys are becoming more open with everything yeah. they're doing, which is awesome. Yeah, which is really it's really good. I mean it uh there's guys on YouTube who um YouTube like, is the biggest area where it's it exploded. Is. It for is sure. and, and well Instagram too. I mean you see yeah. a lot more people that are, you know, these fitness gurus or these bodybuilders are a lot more powerlifters you know they're they're open to it and i mean even like i'll talk about some of the physique guys like i don't remember exactly what his name i think it's brandon harding or something but he's very open with his steroid use and uh he's like yeah like i have a good physique i compete but disclaimer like i didn't get this naturally and i think that's it's very important for like young kids Mm -hmm kids who are growing up and and trying to get into the fitness like thing mm-hmm. that they understand like it's not this thing that you can eventually get if you just just train hard enough and just eat good enough yeah i mean definitely you can get to a really really awesome spot oh, naturally 100%. and also yeah. just a, a but, very big disclaimer here like we're not saying take all these drugs at any absolutely time not. like this is something that when I first decided on this, this was years in me thinking about it and debating it. And at this point in my life, I'm trying to take all the measures possible to get like my blood health or my blood checked all the time. Uh, and like taking like my heart rate all the time and just doing like blood pressure, stuff like that to make sure I'm doing it as healthy as possible because it can be something that can really affect your health negatively if you're not doing it properly. So that's why it's something like you really need to bait it and make sure you're out of puberty, stuff like that. Like it should be something you're in your mid twenties debating. Mm -hmm. You should not be in high school thinking about doing it. That is the last thing you should do. And as I said before, uh, the owner of elite FTS, Dave Tate talks about as like your ACE card. Yeah. It's the final one you pull at the end of the day when you have nothing else. And I think that's a good way to think about it. It's like, okay, I've capped out my, Natural potential. Exactly. And this is the one I'm going to pull now. Yeah. And that should not be in your teens. That should not be in your 20s. Like, it should be, you should be about 25. I am on the younger side for doing it, but I do feel like I am sort of out of my puberty level now as I am, I'm about to turn 22. Right. And I finally decided to start doing it. Right. Right. I think we're going to take a bit of a, a, a pivot here and talk more about just the, the, the training itself and, and, um, because because you guys are when you guys train in the gym like you guys go hard and and you train hard you lift heavy uh, not always <laughs> well for the most part for the I most try. part and it's well yeah. we're, we're we're having this as a comparative um to other people as well like the average lifter the average person going to the gym mm-hmm. you compare uh, yeah. you compare the types of movements and exercises that you're doing 
and you compare that like even with me in in a, like sometimes like what what pushes you to train that hard and like to um, pushes you to like i mean it's it's definitely like it's painful right like at points it hurts like i th- i think that that's just something that's come with time i mean like obviously 8 years ago i i was what, like 13 yeah um and i wasn't even thinking of like pushing as hard as i did right now I, it's something that you kind of just gradually get into mind you like i did have a pretty extreme start i mean going to olympic weightlifting with a team at variety village um and having a coach that was having a coach uh, having he was uh bulgarian uh no it was abdul al-sabai he's um syrian uh he wasn't inside the olympics in atlanta in the the 90s um but even then like i didn't just start out just going to competitions i started out slow like i was doing two days a week um coming in for like grassroots training and then you know as time went by like abdullah was amazing coach i mean he really helped me a lot um to not just for Olympic lifting, but just to understand um, some things about myself. And yeah, just over time, I kind of started training harder and harder. Um, and having that team mentality as well was something that's really big for me. I think that everybody can agree as well. I mean, when we're training the gym, it's a lot more helpful to have somebody there with you to push you. For um, sure. So yeah, yeah, definitely, I, yeah, definitely. I ended up training uh, five days a week, um, probably about three hours a day on average, um, which could be a bit much at times. Um, sometimes it could interfere with your life and obviously you don't want that to happen too much. Right. Um, but yeah, it was kind of more of a gradual thing for me. And then of course, like nowadays there are times where I'm not going to be going to the gym as much, say if I have exams, I like there's sometimes you have to just make compromise in your life. Um, and sometimes the gym will take a hit. That's just the realism of it. But the thing is you kind of just want to be progressing over time um just getting better and better and owning your craft i mean you're not always going to be at an all time like at high all the time sometimes you're actually going to go back and kind of fall back regression yeah yeah and regress a little bit like you're not going to be 100 percent at your peak all the time i mean that's just the realism of it but you just have to try and keep it pushing forward i mean yeah yeah that's the realism of it um i think that's sort of I, I have a very weird headset about this, and I think this is also where I um, – one of the guys we train with a lot now who's – he's an interesting guy, and I love him to death, um, but he is, he's a hard guy to like, i got to admit, and it's uh, guy, a guy named Josh. He has an amazing passion. Once you, once you get to know him, the guy yeah. has an absolutely amazing passion for the sport. I mean – And he's also right now being yeah. trained by Aaron, and Aaron said this to me, and it, it kind of did – it was a very clear way of saying it and it really made sense to me is like josh is a he's a ride or die guy yeah he he will always be there for you he will always be there for you he'll be spotting you he'll be wrapping you like when you put knee wraps on it's hard to get up off the off the like the bench by yourself he's always there picking me up and same with daniel like last training cycle before our meet he was there every day wrapping me and like I, I can't thank him enough for that because I yeah. can't do it myself at that point in time. Yeah. And like he was there, and even at the meet, like he ripped his hand open, wrapping me so tightly. Yeah. And yeah. having guys like that <laughs> is half the battle. And on top of that, I have kind of a weird mindset. And I think this is where Josh and I sort of um, meet in this very similar way. Is we are both in the same headset of, and this is especially for me, like lifting heavy, heavy weight. Is I kind of accept if I die doing this, I die doing this. Which is kind of a, a, it's kind of disturbing when you think of it. Uh, but I, I want to live. I'm, I'm yeah, <laughs> Daniel's maybe a little different about different this. Different a little bit. On this, this is one. maybe why he's bodybuilding now a little bit more than powerlifting. Yeah. But like, I just accept if something hurt, if I hurt myself, if I break something, or if I literally kill myself doing this, I accept where I'm at. This is what I'm doing. 
And I think that allows me just to let go of that sort of stress about it and just yeah. put my hand to the bar and just fucking do it. Well, that's not to say like push yourself to the point of injury all the time. You have you have to possible. Yeah, it I is, mean, there is a line where you have to draw here and understand what your body's limits are. And I think doing this for so long, I know my body enough uh, well enough to know. Okay, I'm in a good space. Let's go up weight, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's sort of my training is just I like training hard. I like training heavy. I like getting after it, and I, I like sort of when it's sort of loud, heavy metal music playing in your head, and it's just like let's just rip some ammonia and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> yeah. is that's my way of training. I like that. I like having four guys spotting me that are yelling at me. Yeah, knows, even with later. Josh in his Batman voice, still love it to death. Yeah, yeah. I, I obviously like for the average gym goer or someone who's looking to get into it, seeing that kind of behavior or just like that training style, it's definitely intimidating and it's definitely like they they wouldn't it, it's so hard to understand like they wouldn't even know hmm. what would drive you to to kind of go to that point like even going to the gym for the for for some people um and like this was kind of me in the beginning was it was almost of a hassle instead of something that you looked forward to it was kind of hard to stick to a three three four days per week like that would be a lot kind of thing and yeah and well, I, I think it gets to the point i think it like when you start off it does start off as okay like i gotta push myself to go but as soon as you start getting into it it, it doesn't become a hassle anymore yeah. it definitely becomes something you look forward to i think i mean like going back to our grassroots i mean like we started off as those guys that just kind of looked at you know those big juiced up bodybuilding guys and like oh my god like they've been like that their entire lives we're never gonna get like that I yeah mean, like i was well, like a six foot, probably weighing in like 150 or so or less competing in Olympic lifting. I mean, and now like I'm weighing in at my heaviest, like 236 or so. I'm cutting now, so I'm probably about 218. Um, but realistically, like all it is, is it just takes time. I mean, after a while, you just keep on owning your craft and like you'll get there eventually. I mean, there's really like it seems like there's a big divide between people that are just getting started and people that are a bit more advanced or intermediate even. Um, but realistically what it comes down to is like the amount of time that you put in and the knowledge that you've gained over time. I mean, and I mean, in the comparison to like when I first started, like I know a lot more, but I also respect the guys that are just kind of getting into it right now. And I'd be glad to help them at any time. And that's kind of the reason why I started up the coaching business is because I've feel like I've gained a decent amount of knowledge and introspect into what I've been doing. And I obviously like to help people, get there as well like yeah and i'm in the same boat like i did a program that was sort of uh it was a at the college level at st lawrence i think a lot of colleges ontario have the same program and it was called fitness and health promotion and a lot of it is leading into especially if you're not uh, progressing past the college level diploma it's looking at coaching and personal training that's sort of where that diploma leads to and i think also sort of on top of that and this is i think our background is I think this is why we want to help a lot of you. And a lot of our athletes right now are in the novice level. They are beginner athletes mm-hmm. for the most part, especially in strength sports. And a lot of the time we look at athletes that are, I, I, when we were younger and started this out, I think it's hard to understand how long it really takes to get to this level. Mm-hmm. It is, it is years yeah. of just doing the same exact thing yeah. over and over again well, and, and making pe- a few mistakes too and then learning from exactly. them exactly learning yeah. from your own mistakes is a massive part of this but also just understanding that people and i did the same exact thing i am a huge it, this to this day i still look at these things on youtube or instagram sometimes and i'm 
curious about them. It's every guy and girl wants to find the quick, easy way to do it. Everyone's looking for the cheating way of doing it. They think there's Mr. some testosterone. Yeah, it starts some <laughs> testosterone. Uh, but there's everyone's looking for like, oh, there's this one program, and this one program will get me there. Yeah. Which is this horrible idea, and it's this horrible thought but, process because it's not that. It's a journey. Yeah. It takes time. You just have to accept that and just start doing it. And yeah. you should, you have to like doing there, it. There's also the other side, actually, of, of this. And it's like the people who say, oh, I, I wouldn't want to get in the gym because I don't want to look like that. Like, I, I wouldn't yeah. want to look or, like, be big. I, I don't want to – you know, it's it's similar to someone saying, I don't want to learn driving because I don't want to race NASCAR kind of thing. Like, like similar to that, you know? And yeah. I think that's really big with females. Yeah. And I was touching on that a little bit at the start. I think a lot of females that are not very knowledgeable about lifting weights and just sort of fitness activities don't understand that if you go to the gym and do have a leg day, an upper, some type of upper body back day, a chest day, an arm day, and a shoulder day, you're not going to look like a bodybuilder. That's not how this works. You are going to look great. You're going to lose whatever little bit of fat you have on you, your muscles will get slightly bigger. You're not going to like, get veiny and have abs. And a lot of well, people don't I mean, understand. You could. You, you could, theory. You could. Yeah, in theory. But, but you, I mean, trained... you can also just train the way that you want to, right? Yeah. To get you're... to the state that you want to. If you feel like you're doing too much of this and then you, like, you, you just kind of dial it back a little bit. I mean, yeah. Like I was talking to one of our bartenders at the Grizz yesterday because we both bounce in Kingston because uh, we're both very scary large men um, <laughs> with some, t- uh, some rage issues, obviously. <laughs> Excluding Daniel. Don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, just yeah. me. Sorry, buddy. Uh, but I was talking to one of the bartenders, and I was talking to her about powerlifting because she does also train at the Arc, and I see her once in a while. And all her workouts are very uh, – they're obviously all hit training workouts that are based around moving really quickly, a lot of sort of plyometric stuff, and a lot of ab work. And I think a lot of females fun- run into that issue of just doing that type of movement because they think, I need to lose weight always. That is the goal, losing weight, instead of the idea of – losing fat and replacing it with leaned tone mm. muscle and getting strong and that's not and yeah which is not bad that is you know my, getting strong is not bad and i think that was my mom's so i started going to the gym with my parents about sort of similar when daniel was weightlifting so about eight years ago when we first started in the start of sort of high school and my mom was always and to this day she's still similar to this it's always about i need to, it's always her goal is like i'm gonna lose fat yeah that's mm. her goal yeah and my mom is a woman who is in great shape um, for especially a woman in sort of, I think, mid-50s, like 55-ish. Okay. She's in great shape, and she's active all the time. Like, she and I, when I was in Toronto for our reading week, we walked our dog like 10 kilometers. She does that every day. Wow. She's in, she's well, in great shape. you got to walk the dog, man. you gotta, you got you, you you to treat the dog. Yeah, right? half like, the wa- you have to train the dog, obviously. Yeah. But it's always the goal of losing weight. Yeah, losing which, weight, like the pound, like the number. Yeah. The, the scale the number, number, it throws people or, off. Or it's like the, the, the idea of losing fat. Yeah, and yeah. I, th- I think that's horrible because... Especially for uh, senior adults, like sort of sort of baby boomers now in their fifties and sixties, that are always about sort of the way they look is horrible because you're lose you're a lot of older people start uh, dealing with like muscular waste issues, yeah, like a lot of diseases like that that start eliminating their body and their ability to move, and I think that's where weightlifting and or just adding in a little bit of strength stuff here and there, and it doesn't have to be heavy stuff, just stuff that allows you to move better and feel better will make a huge difference over going on a treadmill and then doing your core mm-hmm. cycle three times like that stuff does not change whereas yeah. doing some squats doing some deadlifts will make a much bigger difference at the end of the day yeah i think one of the craziest instagram uh posts i saw was by i think omar isif um or might have been somebody else um but he posted 
this man who was like I think he's in nineties, like seventies and nineties, and he was deadlifting like over four hundred. Right? Yeah, like a, yeah, like something very very impressive. I mean, most guys our age could not even do that, and like it's just amazing to see again, like going back to the diversity, like the people that are doing this, and just kind of seeing how that's going. And the body is an impressive thing. Like people don't expect they can do something until you do it, and then they're mm-hmm. like, "Wow, I'm able to do yeah. that." It's it's amazing. Yeah. And I think, yeah. Well, that's also kind of what I mean drives people in the gym, I guess, as well as like you kind of just want to push yourself and see what new peak you can get to as well. Yeah, and I think also, I guess we're getting more and more knowledge about this while we, you and I are coaching younger guys or sort of guys that are on the novice scale is setting goals uh, that are attainable is a big thing because when I first started. And I still am in this little bit of a headset where I want the old time world record and something or something like that. <laughs> yeah, or like yeah. say I want to squat a thousand pounds. Sure, that's a great pipe dream, but it is <laughs> a great it, pipe dream. Yeah, it's a great pipe dream, but you know, I'm still three hundred fifty pounds away from doing that. And that could be still, you know, upwards of a decade away if I ever get to that even. And I think a lot of athletes that are uh, like I'm thinking about our guy, our our the not Josh that we train with, but one of our athletes, Josh, he's a very strong young kid. And he just deadlifted 455, and his PR before that was like 365. Yeah, mm. and we stopped there and said leave it there. But it was it was honestly like an RP8. He obviously had way really? more in him. We just stopped there and was like leave it. Yeah, Josh is a, a very strong guy. I think and he, he, does, he doesn't know how, he doesn't know how strong he is. He just he just doesn't have quite the knowledge yet of where he's headed. Um, what yeah, he has. I, mean, I think that's what we really do as coaches is we just we can kind of see where you're going because we can relate to them as well. I mean, like we've all been in that situation as well. And we kind of like, you know, we know we've learned from our mistakes and we can kind of help guide them. I mean, that's a half of what we do is, I mean, we're, we're not lifting the weight for you. You're putting in the work. We're just kind of giving you a bit of guidance to see, to show you where you should be headed, yeah. where you should be going. I, th- I think also that's why, so we've been doing this. We really sort of started this last springtime and the host of this podcast was our first athlete, That's Justin. True, Justin. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And Justin's also brought in, I think, over like 60% of our athletes. Yep. So, so we, a huge we, shout out yeah, to you, Justin. Cannot, cannot thank you enough for any of that. And I think, but this is sort of an issue that we've had over the past year is we've still been trying to figure out pricing for it as we all our athletes are just free We're right doing now. Free. I mean, to gain experience has also been a great thing for us as well. Yeah. This is it's something it's totally free. New. And I think also with start putting in pricing, we start getting into liability areas. Because that's actually where you start getting into this person's paying me for this. They get injured. That's where it starts becoming a little bit of an issue of that area. But uh, at the same time, it's just it's been great experience just to start helping athletes that are still learning. And uh, novice athletes in that area are are very open to the knowledge. Mm-hmm. Whereas more senior athletes, like say, for example, Jordan mm-hmm. and Aaron, I'm not sure how how their relationship actually is outside of the gym. But I'm not sure if they argue about anything like that. Whereas our guys, for the most part, we usually tell them to do something. Mm-hmm. And they're like, sounds good. We do it. And they give yeah. us feedback on it, yeah. Yeah. which think, is which is amazing. I think that's kind of just like the point where you stop progressing as an athlete. If like Even if you are the all-time world record holder and you just stop learning. I mean, you stop. You have to be open You to think stop. that you are a god because you've made yeah. the all-time world record. But that's kind of where you stop. That's where your career really dies is when you just stop trying to progress and just think that you're at the top of the world. I mean... Yeah, and that that is the big issue is when guys do get up there and girls get up there, it's it's hard to say what to do after that, and I think that's where for sure you have to start uh, like sort of expanding your knowledge pool. And I think on top of that as well, um, outside of sort of 
uh, top level athletes, even like sort of with our pool getting more and more competitive with a lot of novice athletes getting in there and intermediate athletes getting in there, that's allowing us to grow a lot more as sort of like coaches really. Yeah. I mean like even for that's myself, like just, just beyond like helping them, like they are inadvertently helping me learn a bit more as well. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's also been beneficial for myself just like, to go through this. We had one athlete uh, so far who actually, after his first sort of week of programming, literally sent us a document about our coaching. Like mm-hmm. really, like criticizing it. Okay. In, like, in a positive way. Not, yeah, nothing well, negative. It, he it helps us, it helps us help him and it helps it, it was, us as well. I mean, directly. I mean, it was amazing. It was literally like what he thought was good, what he thought could be improved on. Okay. Which I was like, perfect. Cause mm-hmm. a lot of our athletes, if your coach doesn't take feedback, don't go with them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like uh, if coach, <laughs> if, you, if you think you're a it. God, like, no, you're not a God. Every, every athlete is different and every athlete needs mm-hmm. different things. Right. Like our guy that we're training, this younger guy named Josh, he is kind of at that stage where he loves weightlifting. He loves getting stronger, but he also is kind of the bro where he wants to get a pump sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Of course, of course. Yeah, so, I don't blame him. I like a good pump, man. I'm uh, and me too. <laughs> and that's stuff. where it's kind of like sort of put uh, like sort of push pull a little bit where it's like, okay, let's allow him on this day. Sort of, he loves doing accessory movements. Yeah. So he will do his primary movements for a squat, bench, deadlift. Yeah. But then he just has on his program. It's like eight movements with like tens and twelves of a lot of stuff to get a big yeah. old pump going. And that's what he likes doing. Yeah, but I think as a coach, that's also something you have to respect is that, I mean, like we may classically be powerlifting, Olympic lifting, physique coaches, but you also have to respect the client's goals as well. Yeah. I mean, like that's kind of why they they hired you. I mean. Yeah, for sure. They they want you to help them progress in their goals and give them guidance. And and like if we said, oh, no, you're just going to be doing strength training and none of this physique stuff. I mean, are they really going to be happy with you? Probably not. I was talking to Josh about that. Yeah. he was telling me about i was asking him hey man how's how's the training going how's the programming at first he was like man it, it seems like so different from what i'm used to like so mm-hmm. different and i told him you, you really got to trust the process like especially in the beginning when you're you're building that foundation like you guys definitely like this is what i've noticed as oh, well I mean, when i was starting his uncertainty is a little bit good i mean like question what you're doing like yeah don't just be yeah. a sheep yeah but flock, I, right? yeah, I told him i told him like that. even when i started for the first couple months they really focus on on making sure that the foundation is there like getting that form in getting that technique correct and making sure that you're not prone to like injury just because like your technique's bad but like building that good foundation and then from there once they know that you've got a good like base to build off of that's when they start throwing on the weight that's when they start throwing in in like those those big those big sets and so he's like, all right, man. I mean, I, I think I'll, I'll stick with it. And yeah, he like when he hit that uh, huge PR on deadlift, he was like, man, I, you couldn't have been more right. Like these guys definitely know like, yeah. Cause he, I, during this time period as well, like we were planning when he did this week, he did a mock meet with us three weeks ago, maybe four weeks ago, like about a month ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We took um, a lot of the coaching we do on is online um, for some guys because we just can't fly to BC every time. Uh, yeah, he wants someone to train. wants to do something like that. Um, but for Josh, we were actually able to go in the gym. And since we have two people, I mean, it's been useful because we can go to the gym with him um, even if one's busy. And uh, You were writing your master's document and you were at the, yeah, you were at the library, which is technically busy, like literally but 30 meters away. But I, was I was talking to you. And on, I was just texting him the whole time yeah, being like, hey, Josh, just hit this. I sent Daniel a video of it. And then I was like, I'm going to do 455. Daniel was like, all good there. Stuff like that, mm-hmm. which I think is great because we can sort of get little – and I, I think on top of this as well, as coaches, Dale and I have very different backgrounds in 
our strength yeah. sports. Yeah. You're mostly powerlifting. I'm Olympic lifting. And you are a huge mix of physique. different things. Yeah, I'm just this weird chameleon. And it's not like we ever butt heads or like really argue about something like this. But it is an unbelievable way of both of us giving our opinion about something. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of that, or a lot of coaches that are just one guy or one girl doing something by themselves, in their head it's like this is the right way we're doing it. We're going to do it this way. Yeah. Whereas Dale and I can talk about being like, okay, on this, for, for example, this squat day, let's do a five by five at this percentage. Or then Dale will say, why don't we do instead of a five by five at this percentage, let's up the percentage a little bit and then do a little bit less weight or yeah. up the percentage and do a little bit less reps, stuff now, like that. Now with, there's with some, this, t- there's some taking, mm-hmm. with this combination, like when I tell people about my coaches and I, and I tell them about a bit about your guys's background, like they, like they really appreciate how you two have different backgrounds, but you kind of come together to come together to give that, like, that coaching offer because most most guys and girls out there they want to look good right it, mm-hmm. it's it's oh that's it, been a thing since the beginning of time yeah, yeah you, yeah, you want to look good but at the same time when you're when you're going in the gym and lifting once you get you know to a certain level you kind of want to be strong as well like you you want to lift weights but you want to be good at lifting weights so you, mm-hmm. a lot of people they want to look good they want to be strong and having that combination of the guy who's just all in into powerlifting and Mm -hmm. he's the guy who you know is like very dedicated to strength and then you know like dan he's he's done olympic lifting and now he's into the physique stuff and and just bodybuilding yeah that combination like people really really value that um so i think that's a really like you know something that is just appeals to a lot of people and like you were talking earlier i want to go back on the point where um you're saying like once you once you start training people um and just like even for yourselves um you're, you you know you push past these boundaries that you never thought was possible and i mean this even goes back to when like you guys were super small and scrawny or like when yeah, you were fat it never happened like, never, no never was <laughs> there's no proof of it you can't prove it or anything like that oh we can deleting find all those pictures. photos deleting them i, I do <laughs> i do think one thing about josh or the one we train yeah. that was interesting was when we were getting ready for him to do this mock meet because the week before the mock meet we did a deal week for him yep. and he was obviously getting not pissed off at us, but he was obviously questioning what we were doing with the deload with the process? deload because okay. he's never done a deload before. Oh, honestly. okay. And he okay. was he was obviously getting a little frustrated because we going cut we, that we, little ways. We, we very cut off to people that don't all do the that. accessory movements. Yeah. So he could not get a pump at all. Which yeah. For him, the gym was just becoming stupid at that point because yeah. he would go to the gym, do like a few movements. He would literally do a squat three by three at like sixty percent. Yeah. Which for him would be like a two seventy five squat. Yeah. And then he was like, he, "I'm done now." And then we'd be like go stretch then leave yeah and he'd be like i i don't feel anything yeah but i'm like you mm-hmm. this is you the are. point of this you're going to feel good the next week and he the whole week he was questioning us about this <laughs> yeah. every time we were like just go stretch man yeah and he, every time he would just be like in his head obviously he was like this is fucking bullshit yeah and then all of a sudden next week squat bench deadlift because on the mock meet he did he trained he, three days he had some amazing prs yeah i think that it was really good something because i think his squat pr was 315 okay i think 365 something like that for deadlift yeah or i think he finished with a 365 squat so like a 65 or 55 pound pr on a squat Mm -hmm. he did like a 10 pound bench pr which was i think 265 Mm -hmm. and then he pulled out like an 80 pound deadlift pr and then at the end of the week he was like crazy thanks guys i was like yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) you really have to trust that process yeah you have to understand it doesn't it's yeah but it might feel weird to you just just go with us a little bit and go with your coach 
usually they're, they're not trying to screw you over. Yeah. We're here to help you. I think that, again, that's lost. Just going back to like trust the process, like kind of concept is like, I mean, yes, have faith in your coaches. Uh, I think that trust is kind of something that's more built um, over time as far as yeah, these relationships sure. go. I think that it's a good thing for you to question um, what you're doing, obviously, because like, let's be real. Not every coach out there is going to be a good coach. Let's just... Yep. realism of it yeah and you have yeah. to kind of think about it and for I'll, yourself I'll, I'll, people don't understand this and there's no way for us at this point in time to really prove this argument to someone but a lot of athletes or sorry a lot of coaches online like don't want to throw anyone in the bus maybe the guy <laughs> we we're talking about earlier uh with the last name wheels um sends a lot of uh cookie cutter <laughs> programs to people same exact program that everyone yeah yeah and you and i over the summertime would finish work you would finish at Jack Astor's back when you worked there, and I finished yeah. at the Grizz, and we meet at your place at twelve at night. Yeah, we'd be sitting. We, we'd lawn, sit on the front lawn for three hours to three in the morning, uh, just typing programs for all the athletes. So. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah we wow. would do that for hours, and yeah. it takes time to actually send everyone out. Everyone, they're they're separate, different program, because our athletes all have different goals. Like I think at that point, Kyle and you were very strength based. Yep. And mm-hmm. then we had a few other guys that were just doing. Like Joe was doing powerlifting. Yeah, and then he wanted to do um, more bodybuilding stuff. And that stuff is kind of like, okay, we have to write it out for everyone differently, which right. is totally fair and right. totally acceptable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I think the biggest thing that athletes can do that help them, or sorry, help us out and help any, any coach out is sending feedback when it comes to like actually what it felt like and sending videos of it. I think that's one of the things that you yeah. and I are really good at is answering athletes right away. Yeah, like I try to which we have to touch base still. <laughs> a lot of the guys. Yes, that will be right this now. week. Yeah. It's reading week is kind of uh, uh yeah, it's got to got to slow down. A bit of a break for everybody. Yeah, I mean, that's um, fair. That's that's definitely fair. Yeah. But like actually like you and I are really good at always responding to athletes pretty pretty fast, I think. Like we always try to get back to mm-hmm. get in touch with you in the first few hours of after you've posted us a video or something like that just to give you back feedback on how it looked then you give us feedback on how it felt, stuff like that. And that's what we try to do always. Right. Um, yeah. I, I'm just going to go back on that point um, about pushing past boundaries, like with, even with Josh and for you guys personally, um, like how, how do you think like just s- strength based training or just weightlifting in general, how has that affected if it has affected other parts of your life? Like, like of course, like, even in the be- especially in the beginning you have these like beliefs like limiting beliefs like man i i don't know if i'd ever be fit or like that's what i thought i don't i don't think i would ever be fit when i was in grade 6 grade 7 i thought i was always going to be at a certain like body type just cuz like i was born that way and i know some people still feel that way they feel the same like when my mom when i tell my mom like hey <laughs> i'm going to get a bit fat over um the christmas break She's like, no, it's okay. You're not fat. It's fine. It's fine. I'm like, mom. Nothing wrong with a bit of a bulking season. Yeah, like I, yeah. if I gain weight, it's okay. Like I know I can lose it and I know how to lose it and I have lost it before. So I'm not worried if I've gained like 5, 10, 20 pounds. Like I'm okay with that because I know how to lose it. But, you know, a lot of people, they they kind of see that as, as, a, as a limiting, it's a limiting belief. And even with like within a workout, um, let's say you've got a five, five, rep, uh, like five sets, five reps of like a certain weight. And you look at that and you're like, man, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. Like that's a lot of weight to be moving for that much volume. And at the, and, and you, you still do it. And at the end of that workout, you're like, wow, like I was able to like accomplish something that I doubted myself for. Like, 
I feel like this this kind of like training over and over and over again and like having these moments over and over again it it's so easy for you to kind of take that mindset and kind of transfer it on to like different aspects of your life whether that be in school whether that be in your relationships whether that be uh in in your business your career like I feel like that kind of mindset just just transfers over and you kind of tackle everything with that with that attitude definitely learning how to put effort into something is a skill that i think uh powerlifting and strength sports and just whatever activity you're doing in your life does for sure transfer over to everything for sure and i think it was really cool for me uh because one of the first guys i started training with and kind of helping with programming and i'm not sure you ever got a chance to meet him he's at the gym with us on weekends a guy named joe okay does he have uh, tattoos no uh He's a younger guy. He's first year right now at U Ottawa, and he's coming okay. to Queens next year. He's from Kingston originally, and I met him at Kingston okay. when he and I both worked at Sportcheck. And he started going to the gym with me, and at that point in time, his best deadlift was 275. Okay. And this is when he was, I think, he was probably 17 at this point. When he turned 18, like start of 18, so in under a year, he at his first meet, he just missed a 500-pound deadlift. That's insane. So he literally doubled his lift. And it was really cool for me to see him go from that to that in that short period of time. Yeah. And it, it blew up his confidence. Like he was he was always an athletic kid. Like he played rugby and football in high school. But like he is like because uh, he works at stages now as a bouncer. It's really fun to see what he does all the time because all the other guys there are impressed by him. Right. He's like, he's, 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 he just turned 19 now. He's, he's a little bit older. But everyone's still like you're that age and you can do that. Right. It's like. That to me is I love running anything, and then he always says, "Yeah, it's because Jackson did this for me." And I'm like, "This was you, man. Yeah. That was all you. You were the one that did it. I just sort of helped you through through some of it." Right. Yeah, I mean the the confidence part, man. Like uh, I know so many people, whether to just be just heading into the gym yeah. and and starting something, even just like heading on the treadmill, hitting a few machines, uh, and getting started. Like that in itself has already, I think helped boost people's confidence levels because they know like this is a challenge and it's something that they've it's a challenge that they've set for themselves and when they go in and they actually do it and they they exceed at something that they thought was was really hard they they really gain confidence and and even when they fail because it happens you know you set goals for yourself and you fail at them but you you tell yourself like hey like i'm gonna go in and I'm going to try again, and I'm going to do it until I succeed. I think that in itself also builds character, and and so many parts of like of strength training and just like lifting in general, for me have have carried over into just my school and uh, my career, and 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 you know like just the way I carry myself. Like it, it's very important for me personally. Um, to continue training because it's it's developed character it builds character yeah and i think that's really true i think that's also how you and i uh, daniel train athletes is it's always especially for like sort of like mock meat or like getting ready for meats it always seems like a lot of it is a little bit of leave a few kilos or pounds on the platform right for younger guys and girls that are first starting out because i don't want to ever break someone's confidence with something or like sort of get this mental wall in their head when they're first learning like or hurt themselves too <laughs> yeah hurting themselves point, is also a big also. part but also just thinking in their head oh darn this uh whatever number this 405 squat i've been trying to get it for three months i can't get it just slowly building that confidence of like 370 380 390 
bam, you're at the 400 area. Yeah. Slowly building that instead of like taking these massive jumps where they might get injured or just get that weird headset where it's like that one weight, I can never get it. Yeah. Try to eliminate that as much as possible. Yeah. I think that made a, bi- a big difference for us. And sort of like even growing up, like um, we've talked about him a little bit on this podcast, uh, a guy named Raymond Chang, who uh, we're best friends with, who we, <laughs> who, who we grew up with. And he started out Olympic lifting with Daniel. Mm-hmm. Um, he had no idea how strong he was for what he was still at that point in time. Yeah, he still doesn't. And it, it always, it, it always uh, pissed me off a little bit because when he was, I think, 17 years old or maybe even like 16 years old, he beltless squatted 315 yeah, at like 130. Probably maybe. less. Yeah, 125. Yeah, yeah, that's impressive. And at that point in time, that was above the world record. In, IP, in the IPF. Yeah. Which, well, I mean, yeah. and he had, but he had no interest in doing it. Really? He was Even, like, I, did I he know that? that I, was... I told him that for like a year. Okay. And he had no interest in going past it. He is like, I don't care. Wow. Which always like, it's kind of funny to think of like these mental barriers that if you're deeper into the sport, you put on yourself being like, oh, the guy in my top weight class can do this. That's the barrier. Right. He didn't have a barrier. He didn't care what the barrier was. He didn't know what the barrier was. It was just a number he was going for, mm. which also is part of putting into like the mental aspect of lifting is stop thinking about what other people do. This is you doing it. Yeah, it gets it's your body. It gets it's into you doing it. it gets in the space of like it's not about other people anymore. It's about me. Yeah, it's, it's you about doing my it. goals and it's about my progression. And at that, at that point, I think uh, like a lot of people have realized that and it's at that point where you you really stop caring like people who go in and and they care about their ego like that's when in, when you know like you can tell like when people go in and they're ego lifting you know yeah like they're lifting to make sure that they look good in front of other people and they definitely choose weights that are too heavy and they choose weights that you you know like man they're gonna get hurt like if they keep this up you or know? it's the guys or guys and girls in the mirror doing like a barbell row but the whole time their head is cranked to one side looking in the mirror mm-hmm. it's that type of stuff where it's like you're not doing this for the right reasons right like right. of course if you want to have a, a rocking body go ahead and do it but like yeah. there's still like you have to make sure you're doing it properly you're not going to get injured stuff like that plays a big role in all that too yeah yeah i mean, i think a good a good thing for people to set with their fitness goals is, is to really understand why they're doing it and why they are pursuing it because it, it's really important because if you're just kind of going in and with, with no real goal in mind, you're going to lose motivation. Like you're going to, you're, you're going to not know what to do. You're going to train the wrong way and you might just be like aimlessly going to the gym or like not going at all. Yeah, yeah, internal versus external, like intrinsic versus ex- extrinsic uh, motivation is a huge part of that. Like, yeah, th- you have to be internally motivated to do it. Yeah, like it can't be all oh, my friends do it. I'm going to start doing it. It can start like that for sure. And that's maybe how you get your foot in the door for it. But if you want to keep doing this for a long period of time and actually get good at it, it you want you want to be like you want to be there doing it, I think, at least. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just going back onto the note of like the ego lifter, I don't necessarily think that ego lifting is actually wrong in any sense i mean it's what you do it's i mean it's what you choose to do really at the end of the day it's I your body think, you yeah you, you get to, to choose whatever yeah, you want to do workout. with it i mean however you want to play the game 
Um, you might look stupid doing it. <laughs> no, for sure. As long as you don't bend any uh, Texas bars in the arc, please don't do that. Yeah, um, any Queens kids watching this, if you ever use one of the Texas power bars, which is a rack w- pulls and slam it, please. Or don't use it for like T bar rows and stuff like that. Sorry, that's if you <laughs> see if you if you see a guy in full black looking at you with a very angry face. That's Jackson. It's me, yeah. and I or Josh, and I fucking hate it because you're yeah. ruining the, the 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 little bit of equipment we have in that gym that's actually good and works properly breaks all the time because people do that type of fucking shit with it yeah ego lift but don't harm other people just <laughs> keep it yourself man um and like also on top of that same type of note is like the amount of people in that gym and i've only seen it in this gym especially this bad is the amount of people that don't understand when they're taking off plates like they'll take off if say you have say 315 on the bar and they'll take off literally all one plate plates. on one side yeah, two plates dangerous. on the same side take the third one off and it goes so and the bar goes f- it flips over and yeah you could really hurt, hurt somebody really else. easily doing yep. that yeah you could break some but and, but every time i'm in that gym i usually see it like once a week at least still really? and it's still shocking to me it's like that should be common knowledge and at least like if you take two seconds to think about like the physics behind it you yeah. can look at it and realize it's what's going on yeah. and for anyone knowing this take off one plate at a time each side please yeah, yeah. that's but how you should be doing it just going back to the note of the ego lift i mean like yeah obviously like be knowledgeable so that you're not harming other people. I mean, do whatever you want as long as you don't interfere with other people's lives and well-being. Um, but at the end of the day, like you get to choose what you're going to do in the gym. You get to choose how your body's going to look, um, what you do, what you take, what you eat. Uh, but I think that a lot of these people don't really realize that there's certain consequences that come with, you know, cranking their neck to the side while doing rows. I mean, they don't really see like the long goal. And I think that comes down to really just knowledge of lifting and the things that you do in the gym that like, you know, they might not have really weighed the risks and the benefits. I mean, same with PADs. It's like the same kind of concept. I mean, if you're pulling deadlifts with a completely rounded back, putting a lot of load in your spine, yeah, you know what? You might look like you're a really strong dude, but you're going to pay the price eventually. That's just what it comes down to. Like, yeah, knowledgeable in the gym is very important when it comes down to it. And you want to make, you can make decisions that, you know, you can be an eagle if you you can take PDs. Although, again, don't condone that. Um, but be knowledgeable in your decisions. Like that's just really what it comes down to. Understand the risks, understand the benefits, and decide if that's something that you want to do. Really and think about it. Don't just jump into it. There's no excuse in this the era we live in now to not do your own research about it, as there's so much accessible knowledge on this topic now. Yeah, in any form. Any form. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah, and we do, like, it's literally from Instagram to YouTube especially to just web articles now. Forums. Yeah, forums so that have forums. so many people that are very willing to talk to you about these topics and helping you get this stuff done properly. There's no excuse to not put that effort in a little bit at least, and that's how I started. Mm-hmm. I spent years just on YouTube, and I still do it yeah. to this day, just going over guys that I like. Mm-hmm. Like the one that I like now a lot of is called Barbell Medicine, which is like a subgroup of starting strength or used to be starting strength. Okay. And they're all powerlifters that are medical doctors. Wow. So they all put an actual science basis yeah. to what they do, which I think is literally unbelievable because they can literally prove what they're saying. Yeah. Whereas a lot of the guys who I'm not, I'm not shaming anyone that just says you should do dot, dot, dot. Cause it'll lead to a bigger back or something like that. But yeah. they can literally prove what they're saying with science, which I find is in the, especially in the fitness world where a lot of it is a lot of voodoo science. Right. They can actually prove what they're saying, mm-hmm. which I find is amazing. Yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up because that's like kind of something that I did want to talk about is that there's a lot of um, science driven concepts 
in fitness that are actually being promoted nowadays. I mean, for the longest time, you just saw well, bro science um, yeah. concepts floating around bodybuilding, powerlifting, um, other strength sports. Uh, but now it seems like a lot of science and evidence-based um, methodologies are actually really being backed. Um, for example, barbell medicine, like Jackson said, Team 3DMJ. Um, yeah, exactly. Alberto Nunez, uh, Eric Helms, and I think RPS as well. Yeah, Renaissance periodization is great. I um, think one of the people that I, I, you, I, you and I both like him, and I think he was kind of the forefront guy for this at the end of the day because he actually was trying to bring a science aspect to powerlifting and strength training was Omar Isif in mm-hmm. Toronto. Very. Because he, he was, yeah, he's he been on YouTube Fortis. for like 10 years. Yeah, great and, guy. And literally like... He, at, made it, at, he also made it approachable too. It wasn't just like the thing where you go on the internet and then all of a sudden you have this guy in a lab coat just saying a bunch of bullshit to you that you don't understand. It was He was breaking it down. This, this guy who goes to the gym, he's just like you. He's a very strong guy, obviously, and he can easily break it down for you and you can understand. Like yeah. Him and Jeff Nippard um, were very good at that, um, kind of giving you that transition between somebody that doesn't really understand science to kind of realizing how these things work. And I think he was also, he was one of the forefront guys that... He was one of the first YouTubers in the fitness world that did have a couple hundred thousand followers. Mm-hmm. And instead of having guys that were like, you know, the big name powerlifters that could squat a thousand pounds on his channel, which I think he does have a few of those type of things on yeah, there still. Right. Yep. He had the science guys. Mm-hmm. He had the guys that were actually basing their knowledge on facts, which I think was really good because a lot of his videos were based around novice and intermediate guys learning the sport, learning strength, learning Olympic lifting, stuff like that, which I think it was amazing at that time and i think he's still doing a lot of it uh but at that point in time when he was one of the only guys that was doing it he was pushing that harder than everyone else which i thought was amazing Mm -hmm. i think that's yeah that's really good but just going back to like the concept of uh bro science i mean i think that nowadays um a lot of people kind of look down on it but they also have to kind of it's tough to phrase this correctly but you have to kind of respect um, where our knowledge of the sports that we've done has come from. And a lot of it did actually come from both bro science. Uh, now, science-based training, um, a lot of it's based on evidence. And inside of like these bro science concepts, there might not be a lot of evidence behind it. But some of them actually work. Um, I'm not saying that you should trust it fully. Um, there might not be any evidence behind it, backing it. Um, but that's just what science is. Is it basically you can't really 100% approve of a hypothesis or a theory you can't say that this 100 percent does this you can only disprove certain things so within bro science i mean you can have a lot of different concepts coming out of there you can have say like this um thing like say let's bring it back like a few decades say we don't know much about creatine right and your buddy goes to you hey take creatine it's going to do this 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 and this for you um say make your muscles bigger um make you stronger and it's going to increase i don't know testosterone or something like yeah. make you super super anabolic to the point where you i don't know just become a giant meatball so yeah. science basically what it does is that it disproves things it doesn't really approve them that's hypothesis-based testing so you'll test those different hypotheses um those three different ones i mentioned like yes you may have like higher t levels if you supplement with creatine um you may become a little bit stronger will you turn to a meatball uh no because we've tested that i mean <laughs> that's yeah, and I think also on the same note, this is sort of going back to like be open to everyone's belief on something. 
because mm-hmm. you and I might go through a workout together where it's the same same type of thing. We're both squatting, but you and I might have totally different approaches to what accessory movements we do. Yep. And that is just part of what you like in learning what your body reacts to really well. And I think that comes with time. Mm-hmm. Like you and I are very opposite when it comes to uh, you're being, you are very um, anterior driven when it comes to like quad muscles and the front body yeah, for squatting. I'm just a big quad. And I, I am, have a calf. and I am posterior driven. I am, I am very uh, low bar and hamstring and glute based movement. And that is just personal preference and how our bodies work. Mm-hmm. Like you will just have bigger quads than me for the rest of my life. <laughs> I've accepted it till my test kicks in. <laughs> <Okay>. um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, like that is just what I've kind of accepted and like what you learn. And then knowing that, like I might just do a little bit more quad based movement accessory work to start building that. Whereas you might spend more time doing straight leg deadlift, hamstring glute work to build those muscles. And we just, we just know what our bodies need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think being open to that type of belief is huge. And I think a lot of, High level guys forget that at the end of the day. I think the the being open part actually is so important for everyone going into the gym. Like, I was talking to one of my friends earlier this week, and he wanted to get into like lifting and just weight training. And he said his biggest fear was just not being knowledgeable of what to do, mm-hmm. and that lead that leading to like people judging him for like kind of coming in and ha- not knowing anything about working out and i told him like man you're in there to to improve yourself you're in there to work out and improve yourself and if somebody is going to be judging you like you shouldn't care about their opinion anyways if if they're going to be judging you for trying to improve yourself like think about it like that like if if someone like usually for for people in the gym like they're not going to be judging you if you're a beginner in fact like I think most well, people in the gym. Some will, <laughs> but you yeah, know what? that that's the realism of it. I mean, like, there's, you're gonna get judged, but you know what? Fuck those people. It's but not their body. Yeah, it's not their yeah. I think voice. Yeah. You do what you want. I mean, there's been a few times in the last training cycle when we were getting ready for my meet, and like you know, we'd have six guys spotting me when I was squatting like 650 for doubles, and in like in the arc, like the Queen's Gym, you would see like seven or you know, the whole entire gym watching us doing this. <laughs> yeah. It does look odd if you don't know what's going on. Yeah. And I think people that are learning and first fi- like sort of understanding it or not really knowing it that well, I think it could kind of be a little bit of a crushing experience or like kind of, it can be very off putting seeing that sort of happening. Right. But sort of understanding like, but like at the same time, if say I'm just going in there to do like my, my accessory stuff or just doing minimal exercises, I'm never looking at someone in the rack right beside me squatting 135 and laughing uh, at them in, in unless you're doing rack pulls and bending the bar in which case uh, then i am laughing at you but if, <laughs> yeah. you're, if you're just in don't there bend that bar please if you're in there just training i usually don't really pay a lot of attention to that type of thing yeah and i will i it will not even ever occur, occur to me to like in my head even like snark at that person because it's just we're all on the same journey we're yeah. just all taking yeah. different approaches to it that's the whole different thing and my thinking is man if you're judging someone for who's getting into it, who's like out of shape and they're going to the gym or they're just like you're fucking, trying to learn. Yeah, you're a fucking scumbag. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like why would, like you were once that. And, yeah, it's, and I think, yeah, exactly. So if if someone were to be thinking that and you, you felt that like, man, you should not even yeah. care what they think. Like their opinion, like why would that, why should that affect your journey to mm-hmm. self-improvement and betterment? 
you know, and like surrounding yourself yeah. with the right people yeah. is, is half the battle. It's like surrounding your people, surrounding yourself with people. I'm a big believer in also, unfortunately at this point in time, I don't have this as much as I used to. Cause when we used to go to Fortis fitness in Toronto, that was a very high level gym. My first day there, I saw the, the two top two twenty all time world record holder benching 500 for reps. Okay. So I was like, Oh shit. I'm the, I'm the middle in the ocean now. Yeah. Like you should always, you should never be the strongest guy in your, in your training group. Yeah. I I'm agree. a big believer in that because then in your head you hit a wall of, Oh, I'm the top guy. Yeah. It doesn't really matter anymore. Yeah. You should be the weakest guy in the group. Yeah. Cause then you have to drive to keep up with them. Yeah. You're, you're the average of the, the people you surround yourself with. Exactly. Right? So yeah. that is a huge part in that. And I think that's where Fortis was very intimidating when we were younger. Mm-hmm. Cause it was just like, I don't know if I'm doing this right. And the owner is also fucking insane. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean Kelly shout out. Uh, but that's also why, like, it was kind of a, I can understand that background of being very nervous and not knowing what to do. Cause it is, if you don't know what's going on and you're that your first week in the gym and say you take off too many plates on one side and the bar falls over, that could fucking ruin your time in the gym yeah. forever. That yeah. is a very strong experience. Everyone's watching you. Cause like you hear it everywhere and, and, and you're already self like conscious to yeah. begin with and, and if something it. happens or like you try to use a machine and you use it wrong you know what i mean or oh like, yeah or like you you try to do some movement and you just do it completely wrong yeah like that that could turn out pretty bad for you um and i'm not a big believer in going up to people with that i don't know at all and start trying to help them yeah i hate that i hate <laughs> when people do that and i remember people doing that to me when i was younger because it oh, it that ruins your confidence definitely because they're they're promoting that you're doing something wrong in their opinion yeah. and they're yeah. gonna try to fix it yeah don't go up to somebody yeah. and solicit your advice if if they don't ask for it i mean yeah like, obviously if, if they yeah ask they ask for it. for it sure i will i will give you my advice Gladly. on what you're doing mm-hmm. But if you're just doing like a fly and it looks just absolutely horrible and one side's going up, one side's going down or some stupid thing like that, I will never try to help you with that. Unless it's something dangerous. I mean, like then then you might want to step in if it is actually Yeah, if it's actually like a health, you could actually hurt yourself type of thing. Sure, then that's maybe different. But like if it's just like some stupid movement where it just doesn't look right, I will never criticize that because that'll ruin them. I think that at the end of the day, you have to realize that the gym um, is a very social environment. And you really shouldn't be judging people, but expect that you probably will be judged. That's just like the reality of it. And at least you think you're being judged. Yeah, you. you some people might actually not be judging you, but I mean, realistically, there probably are going to be I some guess, people yeah. that you yeah, know don't happens. exactly share the same views as it you. Happens. But realistically, you got to focus on yourself, and you don't worry about what those other people are saying. You're going to mess up. I'm going to fuck up a million times in the rest of my life. I'm just trying to figure what I'm doing in the gym, even though I've been doing this for eight years and. Yeah, yeah, you know what? I'm probably going to be judged a couple times, but I'm still owning my craft and just trying to get better day by day. That's yep. just what it is. And I do also think those web pages that are like, or in, the Instagram pages that are about guys or girls fucking up lifting weights is, I think, horrible. Yeah, like gym fuckery. Yeah, those type of pages that are about people messing up. My, like, my dad sees those and he's like, dude, stop stop lifting heavy. Yeah. Some of those are entertaining. They are, <laughs> some of them are hilarious. <laughs> some of them are, are but quite entertaining. The, the ones that are just like, Oh, man, if you're just a new guy in the gym or a girl in the gym just f- learning your stuff. Yeah. Could you imagine like eight years ago just being put on that even if, for like an exercise you thought was right? Like well, that would yeah, go viral. <laughs> the ones that always make me laugh are like just there's a few pages that are about like not squatting to depth. Yeah. Which is a big issue in powerlifting. And QSG. Yeah. Quarter squat gang. Exactly. <laughs> but and 
I will not, I will, I will hundred percent shame myself here. I don't really care. And this is something that whoever has trained with me long enough and Daniel always, I've actually uh, made a compilation of you. Yes. Uh, I have about five hours now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Usually in a meet for me, if I go one for three on squat depth, that's good. I do not squat deep. That has always been how I squat. And the fact that I've never made it onto one of those web pages is very shocking to me (laughs) because I would not even be surprised if I'm on one of them. Um, but again, like if you're a new guy, like eight years ago, and someone posted that to me on me, and I, it had like a million views, that would throw me off mentally. I would feel really out of it for a while. I think. Yeah. And I think that's sort of the negative of those things. But at the same time, it's also a, a learning tool for people. In the same, in the same, like the background of it, or like yeah. the the opposite side of that is, oh, that's not how you're supposed to do it. That's how I was doing it. Right. Right. So it's also a learning tool at the same time. So right. it's. Give or take with those a little bit. Same with like when I started, when I deadlifted, I was like, man, one plate seemed pretty easy because yeah. I was just brute strengthening it with like just, rounded back and everything. Yeah. I threw on extra weight. And when my mom came to pick me up at the gym, I when I stepped out of that car, I could barely stand. Like my back was ruined. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure people were like staring at me. And I mean, looking back at it, that was maybe like five years ago. You know, you, you learn from that. And you know, like, yes, like that was a bad time, but you kind of... You, you want to make sure like now that doesn't happen to someone else. And uh, you know, like you don't want that experience to happen to someone else. You don't want anyone to get injured. Luckily I wasn't injured. And the, the interesting thing I find about just like uh, lifting and like being afraid of judgment in the gym is the longer you're at it, like the longer you you've spent time in there, the more you realize like it, it really doesn't matter. Like, no. Or, and you really, you really realize like, man, people like, yes, maybe they're going to judge, but it really doesn't matter. Like I have no problems going in, grabbing the 10 pound weights and like doing, you know, like isolation curls or like just, just doing some type of, of movement where maybe three, four, five years ago, I look back and like, Oh, like I could, I could do that you know, as a beginner, like, yeah, like why, why are you, why are you using such small weights or like, cause, cause you know, <laughs> at that point, like it doesn't matter what you, like what anybody thinks it's, if this movement is feeling good for my body and I know that I'm progressing, that's yeah. all that matters. Screw yeah. That's all There's, that matters. This actually has happened to me a few times. Uh, cause I'm always on door at the bar that I work at and being in small town, Ontario, you always see the same faces and yeah. I always see the guys that are at the bars, um, that are also at the Queens gym as well. And once in a while, you get a guy that saw you training today and saw me squatting 315 for reps. Yeah. And they'll be like, are you injured or something like that? Because three months ago, they saw me doing 600, 600. for reps. Yeah. And I'll, I've got this a few times now where it's like, nope, I'm just doing something else right now. Like, it's just, mm. it's part yeah. of training and they don't understand that. And they're not doing it to be, I don't think they're doing it to be mean, hopefully not. They're just, they're kind of just curious on what you're doing now, I guess. Mm. And I think that is sort of lost in people sometimes where they don't understand that I am, or Daniel is a, a very large guy, especially upper body wise. And he might be doing like, you know, a dumbbell row or a barbell row with 135 on it. Yeah. Yeah. But even just today. Yeah. And I saw, him, I've seen you do 315 for a barbell row before. Yeah. Like it's not that it's the weight sometimes doesn't matter for people. And I think that's sort of lost on a lot of younger guys is when in doubt, throw more weight on the bar. Yeah. But if you're doing horrible form or if you're feeling like, wow, my shoulder is killing me. I don't, I'm not going to think about it. Let's just keep going. Yeah. That's where you can get in some situ, like some serious situations. Or like, or like every, every session going in and be like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. I yeah. need to like push until I can't push anymore. It's like, you know, it, it gets to the point where you stop progressing when you train like that. 
And you need to like learn that humility and learn that I don't need to to be pushing this kind of weight in order for me to reach my goals. In fact, yeah. I need to do the opposite uh, to like build my uh, like build the muscle in a different way or like build my strength in a different way. Um, so mm-hmm. that was just yeah, that was just one thing that I've I've noticed that's important for for guys and girls to understand, especially getting into it, like understanding that it's it's not it's not about like how impressive you look or what kind of movements you're doing um and frankly like what other people are thinking as long as like you've done your research you're knowledgeable and and you know like what your own goals are yeah and you're working towards that you know that that's what really matters in the end and like one of the questions you have up that i think is actually a really good one i think this is for me a big thing that i i know i definitely am uh accused of or not accused of this but this is how i use it it's about like sort of like sort of the reasoning for going to the gym a lot and for me by far it that's my stress reliever yeah day in day out like if i've had a shitty day or if i've just it's been a busy day or whatever's going on whatever stressors outside of the gym that have that is the thing that brings me back to neutral always and throughout the day as well, like that's the thing I'm looking forward to going to. Yeah. And that's always been the way I've treated it. Like even back in high school when we would go to the gym on Friday nights, that's the thing I'd be looking forward to on like Friday at two in the afternoon in school. Like right. that was the always thing that I liked. That always made me happy. That always sort of calmed me down. Yeah. And that's the, always the way I've treated it. Well, yeah. With with guys who train like that, like with um, how you look at it and how you look forward to it, you can you can see a difference between who's there and they're loving it and that's their stress reliever versus who's there because it's a chore and it's a hassle. Like you see guys there who are just dialed. They're zoned in. They're so like into the workout, no phone in between sets, like very rarely phone in between sets. Like they're not talking to anyone and they, like, you know, like that, that's their happy place. And then you see different people who, I mean, to each their own, but they're, they're kind of there because they're like, oh, I need to, I need to, I need to work out just, just for the, the, like the sake of working out. Like you can definitely tell the difference. And I, I feel, I find that like very interesting. Um, just to chime in like that point, like, yes, I've been going to the gym avidly for eight years, but that's not to say that I don't have my off days. I mean, like yeah. there are days where I don't feel like going to the gym where I'm just, I don't know, beat down for whatever reason. Um, oh I'm yeah. Eating right, yeah, I'm for sure. Right. You and I and in the last year have dealt with a lot of injuries. Yeah. I mean like, that's kind of the big issue as well. You're not going to be a God at going to the gym all the yeah. time. I mean like, obviously I have the motivation to go. I love it. I go to the gym all the time. Um, but I do have my moments where I'm just like, I'm really not feeling this. And I mean, it's okay to have those moments. Like I, it's, it's part of just it's doing natural. it. Like, yeah, you're it's... not always going to want to do the same thing over and over. You're not always going to want to go to the gym. It's just the way it is. But I mean, like overall, my goal is, you know, to get stronger, get fitter, to have a better aesthetic. And I might have my moments where I'm feeling like, you know, this isn't going too great. But at the end of the day, like you just have to look at that long-term goal yeah. of where you're headed. We're going to take a break really quick. There we go. All right, and we're back. Nice. We're back. Yeah, so uh, we've, we're coming on to around an hour and a half, hour 40 here. So we're going we're gonna to finish off with one question here. Um, what would you guys think um, if you didn't go to the gym a lot or you didn't get into lifting or strength? 
would you think you would be a different person compared to right now? I for sure. I mean, I just, I don't know what I do. I mean, I've been really academic, uh, for the past four years at Queens university. And that's been like, obviously probably like just as much of as a focus, probably definitely more than the gym. Um, but as far as like hobbies and pastimes, I'm honestly not really sure what I do otherwise, to be honest with you. I mean, I'd probably be a completely different person. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I just know my personality and I have always known I have a very, very addictive personality when it comes to my choice of my pastimes. I've like I've uh I have chewed tobacco and nicotine products for about eight years of my life. Uh and that's just me talking about it. Like that's what I just always done. And I've and whatever I do in life, I always kinda go balls to the wall with it. Yeah, and shit. I, yeah, and that's also <laughs> just me finding my sort of my love for lifting weights. And I think if I didn't have that I'd be a very different person and I just know I need to find some type of way to go all the way in with something. And I, I, I would have no idea what that would be, but it'd be very yeah. different, I think. I'd probably do some sort of other athletics. Like yeah, I was even thinking yeah, about taking other up sport. kickboxing for the summer, back to Muay Thai, get yeah. in touch with my roots. Yeah, I've always, you always need that one thing that keeps me going and I found it in that. But if I was a different, I think it'd be a different sport if it was that. Okay. Yeah, I think yeah. it'd be something physically active. Like I've yeah. always been physically active through my life. Yeah. Um, so probably something else. Wasn't the biggest team sport guy as a kid. Yeah, um, solo sports. Yeah, I also actually, funnily enough, I was a swimmer as well. I've done like every sport in the sun by now. Um, but yeah, I also swam for a while uh, for like two years in high school. And I got pretty good at it actually. I'm yeah, like, you were pretty well built for a swimmer not very well built for uh weightlifting for olympic lifting <laughs> yeah. um powerlifting kind of okay yeah uh but you know it's what i enjoy to do and that's why i keep doing it really when it comes down to like am i going to be the best at any of these strength sports yeah probably not like i'm genetically not the best for it but it's something that i enjoy it's something that i like doing and that's why i keep doing it i mean it's kind of why i'm not really in swimming anymore it was fun but it wasn't as fun as what i'm doing now yeah so yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I, I'd definitely be like, if I were to answer that question, I would definitely be a different person, like physically and mentally. Just mentally, well. yeah, yeah, like mentally, how I approach things and my character would be so different. So, yeah, I mean, just to close it off, guys, I, I really appreciate you guys coming on and and yeah. sharing and yeah. having a good Thanks talk. For having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, Justin. of course, it's of been course. fun. Just hour and what 40 minutes now flying yeah by. yeah that was actually great and um if, if people want to reach you guys uh we have your instagram handles here so daniels is at daniel underscore espiritu and the spelling yeah. is regular at daniel underscore e-s-p-i-r-i-t-u and then jackson's instagram is at jackson underscore t-s-s and there's no caps in any of these inst- uh in any of these handles so if you ever like have any questions for these guys uh or want to reach out for for coaching inquiries like feel free to reach out these guys um um you know i i've already said a lot of good things about them but yeah nothing but respect for these guys so thanks again for coming right. on and thank uh, you justin yeah thank yeah, you justin of course so we're gonna wrap up the episode here thank you for tuning in if you've gotten this far uh into the hour and 40 minute mark um yeah one one of the things i want to talk about is uh if you enjoyed this uh share it with your friends and and especially if they're your friends or you are looking into getting into lifting getting into uh powerlifting or strength sports or are, are in it um feel free to share it with them and and have these conversations that uh are meaningful you know to to you and to 
to the people you surround yourself with. Um, and thanks for listening. Um, man, like what a difference, what a difference a day makes and also what, what a, a difference just a conversation makes. So thanks again for these guys for coming in and, uh, we'll catch you in the next one.